Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a wonderful question that uh, um, people people are no, uh, they got issues with this one, Johnny. You, you uh, <laughs> don't run from any uh, issues, do you? I try not to. This is this is deep. We the, he does all the work. I'll take some of the credit. Yeah, <laughs> but my goodness, this is is God selfish? I've heard that from people. I I it's I, I shudder when I hear people say that. But right. they really, because of the way they've been trained in this world. Mm -hmm. They really feel that way, and they look at certain things, and it, they say that, and it's like, oh my goodness, it's right. it's it's kind of blasphemous if we say that. But I can see where the world has trained them. But boy, John's got some stuff here for you. Is going to help. But isn't that a, a? I mean, that this is a question, not so much asked as insinuated. Yeah, I've, I've had people. Not just ask it. They, they've told me. Oh, yeah. God is such a narcissistic God yeah, that if you don't love him and surrender to him, he's going to send you to hell. Yeah, I've I've heard that, too. And it's I've, been, like, I've been at this for 44 years. <laughs> right? I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. So today's question, is God selfish? Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And we are going to discuss, is God selfish and when you read the scriptures um i guess well if you don't know god you can say yes if you don't know god the first thoughts that came to my mind when you introduced the topic to me was this here we are as the finite in the dark <laughs> trying to comprehend the infinite in the light yeah and it, we're going to need some divine assistance to open our minds of understanding right. and theology is called illumination illumination <laughs> and when you're not illuminated as as you and i weren't soon, sooner it would have been better you don't get this stuff right but when you see jesus as savior and he's revealed himself to you, he knocked on the door of her you've opened it you receive him the Holy Spirit comes in and turns the lights on. So the first thing I thought was, we're infinite. He He's infinite. We're finite. So we got a problem there. Number two, I think discovering God's holiness mm. is when, for me, is when that question gets answered. Completely set, completely right. answered. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Well, hey, since God's holiness, since you said we need God's help, how about you pray for what us? We do. Let's pray. <laughs> Father in heaven, we want to bring glory to the Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, you've enlightened us from our darkness, not that we know everything, but we know more than we did, and we're thankful. We pray that you'll use us to help others to just take another step in the right direction, draw closer to you and to others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Is God selfish this is this is the question that we're going to answer today i think we're going to answer it well if we can if we can do that we'll find out got some good ammunition here johnny right? so you better get at her because i'm gonna jump ahead right right so we're, let's get let's get into it so number one uh the bible doesn't uh directly address the question whether god's selfish or not so we have to go through the process and and when the any any time anytime the bible does not give a direct verse for a situation, then we have to look at themes, right? We have to look Principles, at... Principles, themes. We go through the book, to the Bible, to see. 
And when we do, you start to read between the lines and what God's saying between the lines is just powerful as well. Yeah. Uh, so for example, like tithing, uh, people say that today, New Testament tithing is not, wow, we got to do one on tithing too. Uh, New Testament tithing is not biblical, but yet if you go, cause there's, well, we have a verse in the New Testament where Jesus says not to forsake the tithe. Yeah, he com- he said, "You tithe of this and that," and he said, "So ought you to do." Right. So he commended it, and I think of tithing. Abraham tithed before the law; the lo- tithing was clearly in the law, mm-hmm. and the New Testament doesn't destroy the law; it fulfills it fulf- the law. Right, and and you know the Lord like the, uh, so. If you look in Genesis, you see the tithe uh, comes with Cain and Abel. And so we see it from the very right, beginning, the beginning, then we see it all the way through. Then, uh, we get to Malachi chapter three. And what I find real interesting th- that as we look at, and again, this is just a theme that we're going to talk about here, right? Because to answer this question, you have to look through the scriptures all the way through. Well, if you look at Cain and Abel, <clears throat> um, there was a tithe. You had Abel who was right with God and he gave the right tithe. And then you had uh, Cain who was not right with God and he didn't give the right tithe. I'll do it my way. You're going to do it my way. We see all through scripture, those who were right with God gave the tithe. Those who were not right with God did not give the tithe. We get to Malachi chapter three and God says, I am the Lord. I do not change. And then he says, return to me. And they say, how have we left you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. Yeah. And so what we see is all throughout Scripture, for Old Testament, and then you get into the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels where Jesus says, don't forsake the tithe. We see it in Hebrews. We're supposed to be uh, like Abraham who gave to, to Melchizedek. And now, like, like literally, we see it all the way through. And what we see is that if you don't tithe, you're not right with God. And I'm not guilting anyone. I'm just saying every example that's given. It's part of spiritual development, growth, and discipline. Yeah. It's just a step. So big big step. It's a big step. Because it's a faith step. Exactly. And so what we do to answer this question is the same process that we would use for the tithe. Because we don't have a direct verse that says you must give 10%. Right in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it's clearly in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Very clear. Yeah, and so uh, what we do is we look at the theme throughout the Scripture uh, to answer this question: Is God selfish? Well, let me take the process you just introduced, the themes, and then apply it to tithing, and then we'll do the same thing as we apply to to the question: Is God selfish? When I came to faith in Christ. Uh, tithing seemed like that's a lot of money to give, especially when I didn't have a lot of money. Right. And so I'm thinking, you know, God is mean. He's selfish. He wants to take my (laughs) money away from me, you know, and I want my money for myself. And then I, I saw it in the scripture and it's like, okay, I'm, he saved me. So I, I began to tithe immediately. And all of a sudden, that $5 in the offering plate didn't look like so much anymore. It looked huge. But then I began to, as I began to know the Lord and love his word, love his house, feel the freedom I was being delivered from the drug culture, 
and the church became my life center, my hub, mm-hmm. the place where I would go for entertainment. I wasn't buying a carton of cigarettes every week anymore. I wasn't buying a, 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 a bag of dope. I wasn't buying a couple of uh, bottles of Jack Daniels. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm, I got... I got extra money. Right. And so right. I think, well, to... think about that. People today that smoke is, uh, well, in New York, it's anywhere from 10 to $14 a pack. Oh, I can't imagine. My last and, pack was 35 cents. And <laughs> well, and think about this. If you're doing $10, just do freezing math. If you're doing $10 for a pack of cigarettes a day, which is the average smoker is $10 a day, that's $300 a month. If you took care of yourself and quit smoking, you would have the money to tithe. Yeah, that's what I begin to see that God's instructions to me, when I would be obedient, it brought blessing to me. And all of a sudden, the tithe is the Lord's, right. and I'm just giving back to right. him what is his. And, and so this that, that same principle, as you, as you begin in obedience, then you're enlightened, mm-hmm. and then you see it for what it really is, and the tithe to me, isn't what I give to God. It's it's Him giving to me, right. and seeing my cooperation, my adoration, my worship. Right. I give it back to Him by faith. I trust Him that His hand upon me with ninety percent will go farther than me doing it on my own with a hundred percent. And all of a sudden, tithing just becomes a pleasure. Well, and and here's the thing: God says, "You give to me, and I will give back to you." And I will rebuke the devourer, and nations will call you blessed, and so on and so forth. Obviously talking to Israel, but his whole point was, then he says, try me in this. So we even see in the tithe that God's not selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and But we look at it, well, God wants my money. No, no, God wants you. Your money's immaterial. And if you give him your tithe, usually he has you too. And I gave him my tithe and he provided a pastor for me. He provided a worship center for me. (laughs) He he provided a social organization for me. Wow. And it was costing me about 50% of my money. Now it was only costing me 10. Mm -hmm. And now it was, but this 10, I'm getting some real help for myself. Well, not not only is he giving you all the things that you need in in a church family, but he's also blessing you in multitude of other ways. yeah. And so is God selfish? By ask, is God selfish by asking for the tithe? Is God selfish by uh, telling us that we need to live a certain way? Is God selfish to say that we need to bring him glory and honor and we, we need to glorify and worship him? Is he selfish for wanting all that when, when, when we do that, he doesn't do anything but give, 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 give in return? Yeah, this thing can go in so many different directions. You know, our parents selfish when they had their children uh, learn the discipline of cleaning up out their own self, picking up their toys, teaching them character. Uh, uh, you know, if the the kids think, "Oh, you make me do this, you make <laughs> me do that," and in reality, they're teaching them character. So, this is a great topic, and you've got. He, Pastor John's got some really cool stuff here that blessed me out. I'm, I'm excited for you to share. Yeah. All right. So, started. so let's get on here. So the Bible doesn't directly answer the question, and and as it there's a multitude of other questions in the Bible or things of the Bible that there's not a direct verse, but there is a theme, and yeah. and and uh, 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 as you go through that, you see it. And so today, the question is God selfish really is a modern question, right? And yeah. and I think it's designed to justify in their own minds uh, not to serve God or give to God mm-hmm. because they don't know him. They don't understand him. And so um, I think it has become uh, fashionable 
uh, to accuse God of being selfish uh, and egotistical. Yeah, 50 years ago when I was coming to Christ, that thought never went through my, never went through my mind. Is God selfish? Yeah, I never... I, it yeah. never went through my mind, but I've heard it a lot since right? I became right. a preacher. Well, and, and not only that, but God is a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. Right. Um, but what we find is this accusation is generally brought by, brought on by people who do not believe in God. They don't know God, and um, the argument in the Bible, they use it uh, as their excuse uh, to say God's not really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an ant looking up at a human being and just seeing us go by and, you know, we might step on them if they're not careful and because uh, we don't really pay any attention. But, you know, an ant can't comprehend a man and a man can't comprehend God unless God intervenes and opens our eyes to see, you know, is God selfish? Is he a narcissistic God? No, he's he's holy and he is love. I, I have a selfishness towards my wife. Right. I love your wife, but not the way I love my wife. Exactly. You know, your wife is a good friend. My wife is my mate. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I love I love your girls and, and your grandbaby, but not the way I love mine. Right. And so, well, and that's the difference between the agape love and the phileo love. Yeah, yeah. And God is agape, that divine love. And he puts that in our heart. And so people that are blind have perceptions of God that are just not even close to true. Right. Right. Opposite. They're opposite. Yeah. Well, and we're going to do a podcast on uh, does God love you just the way you are? Because that's one of the, that's another thing that people are like, God loves me just the way I am. God made me just the way I am. And I'm like, whoa, he, not true. He committed his love to you the way you are, but that's. That's only at the invitation. At the invitation, yeah. After that, everything changes. And so we'll, we'll do a podcast on does God love me the way I am, or did God make me the way I am? And, and so people will use that so they can stay the way they are, exactly. which is ruining them. God's got yeah. something better. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, this accusation of God selfish, they use statements like, the God of the Bible created everything for his own glory and then demands his creatures worship and obey him, or he will torture them in hell forever if they refuse. <laughs> heard that <laughs> that's not even funny but it is funny because that shows the ignorance of the people that make that statement absolutely shows the ignorance that they don't know well, god before people are born into god's family they're already in a spiritual family and this is what their father the devil tells them yeah. about god yeah and people go the devil's not my father but if god's not your father the devil is according to john chapter 8 what jesus says what was crazy when you and i were unsaved we obeyed our father <laughs> the devil we obeyed him well we, very well yeah yeah we yeah. didn't disappoint him i, I promise you <laughs> steal that book okay yeah right right that was the title of a book uh, so it was as a title of a book i bet jerry rubin called steal that book so it was in the library and i stole it <laughs> i returned it after i got saved though steal this book so I you're obeyed, like okay i'll listen i obeyed my father Oh, my goodness. Listen, it seems like the more selfish a person is, the more uh, he will be distressed by perceived selfishness in others. Because we look at other people through the lens of the way we are. And so we'll perceive others to be the same way. The selfish, spoiled little, br spoiled little brat in the sandbox has 50, choose, 50 toys to choose from. And then another selfish brat gets into the sand sandbox and has 50 
toys to choose from. And guess which? Oh, we're gonna fight. Toy, yeah. <laughs> that's the one I want. No, that's the one I got. And we got game on. Both of yeah. them think each other selfish. And reality is, they are both selfish. They're both selfish. And an unselfish child won't be angered by the fact that another child Go does ahead. not want Make to sure share his here toy. It is. Yeah, here. I got forty nine over here. Yeah. You can only have one. Yeah, yeah. God bless you. Go. And as soon as, as soon as that that non selfish one says, "Okay, you can have it," I play with these. Then guess which ones? Yeah. The selfish kid. Wants. They want that one. That's the one they want. Yeah, yeah. Want to attack. And then as a child, you're thinking, may a thousand grains of sand get in your drawers and cause a rash. <laughs> That's the unselfish child. like, nah, okay, here, you can have it. I'll move on. It's crazy, but that's that's how we are. We're like we're like children, man. We're spiritually blind. Absolutely. Self-centered. Yeah. Selfish. Yeah. Selfishness is focusing attention upon one's own self when that attention is not warranted. That's a neat point. Not warranted. It's not warranted. With God, it is warranted. He is creator yes. God. We have our very being from him, by him. F- through him because he's the only perfect being and you know and that that part for him and that's when you know well you're so no it's for him that's when it really connects i know in marriage when i live for my bride and she lives for me man thank you jesus (laughs) right but when we start getting selfish and self-centered then then the relationship breaks down well and again we're going to perceive god the way we are so if we're selfish we look at god as being selfish but we look at everybody as being selfish you know, because that is our perceived. That's the lens we see that, everything through. Right. Exactly. And so that's like when, when uh, people make, uh, if they're texting, right? And never, by the way, never text personal issues. Don't ever do that. Talk to someone. Call them up. Look them in the eye. Let them hear your voice. Let them see your face. Because what happens is if you text a situation or your feelings to someone, they're not going to read it the way you sent it. They're going to read it the way they perceive it through their own lens. And so there is automatically becomes accusatory or they take it in a negative or they look at it wrong. And that's the way we do with God, right? Because if we're selfish, then God's got to be selfish, especially because God wants my money and God wants my time and God wants me to be obedient and God requires all this stuff from me. What a selfish God he is. Mm-hmm. And then there's that moment of awakening when you realize everything he's asking of you is for your own good. It's for your own good. And for your own blessing. Right. And we right. get the blessing and then he gets the right. glory. Yeah. And that's yeah. righteous. That's what holiness is. It holiness will require this of us mm-hmm. and it'll produce kind of a holiness in us not like god's holiness but we he changes us like unto unto himself conforms us to the image of his dear son and this whole process uh, of of awakening and illumination and then you hear somebody say god is selfish it's like i want to choke you right he's not so he's not selfish at all well and you you know you say that that there's a requirement from us Right. And I think that when we look at God, there's a requirement from us if we know God as as our father, that we become obedient. There's a requirement of obedience. Uh, There is a requirement of surrender. There's a requirement of of following and doing what we are told to do. Equally, if Satan is our father, because we don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if which is an automatic, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Satan is automatically your father. 
There's a requirement from him as well. Oh, yeah. Demands. Steal the book. Yeah. Demands. Yeah. There are demands on our life to be selfish and ungodly and like do all and, this and it, all, and it all destroys us. It destroys us. You know, drink this, smoke this, you know, yeah. steal that, uh, drive, you know, take that car. Yeah, yeah. Act this way. Yeah. That, well, you know, so uh, talk about take the car. Uh, before Jesus, I uh, see I would have been 14, 15 at this time, maybe 15, I think. And I, yeah, I would have been 15. And I went to the races that we had a racetrack. I was, we were living in uh, Lorraine, Ohio at the time. Yep. And I went to the racetrack to uh, meet uh, some friends. And I get there and I got there late and they had already left. They went to go party. And I was like, oh, dang it. I missed the party. So I go out into the parking lot <laughs> and I find me a truck. <laughs> Uh-oh. And I get a ride home. <laughs> well, to the party. <laughs> but I I parked the truck in a safe place when I was done, wiped it all down and went home or went went on. So um yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do what we wanna do, man. And there was a requirement and Satan was like And God's boundaries mean nothing to us then. Nothing. But we're I, I didn't even think twice about borrowing the truck. Yeah, we're but we're we're driven mm-hmm. by our spiritual father of the devil. I have an illustration I think really explains this, how, how people just don't perceive things right. Uh, I have a niece who uh, lives in Detroit and they're not a churched family. And, uh, when, and she loved her cousins, my daughters, and we were coming to Detroit for the, uh, for the summer or for a week in the summer. And they, she was glad to see her cousins. And I actually overheard her. I took them to this, this swimming pool, whatever community pool. And I'm sitting over here and my, I guess my niece didn't know I could hear her. She said to my daughters, Oh, I'm so glad to have you guys here for a week. I'm going to show you a great time. It feels so bad for you guys. Your parents are so strict. <laughs> and my daughters, they smiled. I said, you think our parents are strict? Our parents aren't strict. Where would you come up with that idea? My parents just love God, and we love God too. But our parents that, aren't strict. Is that perceived? If you love God, you can't do anything. And and my niece was really taken back and like, they're not. Right. I thought, and they said, no, we have the same standards. My my parents follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. My parents just help us to understand Jesus. And help us to do what we want, what the Lord wants us to do. So if you think my parents are strict, you just don't know my parents at all. Right. Well, it's funny because we went through kind of the same thing and where only it was adults talking to me as we were raising our children. And they said, um, you can't raise them in a closet because you're going to damage them and you can't get, and I'm like, are, are you kidding me? I'm protecting my children from things they should not be in but then you have other parents who are telling their 15 year old daughter 16 year old daughter you need to sleep with this is the mom this literally happened the mom told the daughter you need to sleep with as many men as you can to figure out exactly what you want destruction the mother is a a her father the devil exactly right virtually blind and the rules of her father she keeps. Right. And to the destruction of her own daughter. Right. And 
uh, Satan is selfish in the respects that he wants you to destroy yourself. And then God, though, on the other hand, is so unselfish that he gives us opportunity for life. He gives us in re- he gives, 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 constantly gives. And then we call him selfish or people call him selfish I, I, um, to call God uh, selfish or accusing God of selfishness is like a five-year-old child who accuses his parents of being selfish because they refused to buy him all the toys he wants. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it's insane. Yeah. And but, but that's what happens. Kids probably already got three rooms full of toys. <laughs> but his parents are selfish because he won't get exactly what he wants every time I go to the store. Well, and how about this? You're never satisfied with anything you get because as soon as you get what you wanted, there's a new version of it on the market. So we got to have yeah. that. That fulfillment lasts about a second and a half, and then then it's old, and you need something bigger, better, more. Well, I've re- I've realized I've realized everything has about a three hour shelf life of enjoyment. <laughs> I think a new car, maybe five. I, I think uh, I think a new car has a thirty day shelf life. It's really everybody loves it until the first payment. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> My new car. Uh, but, I mean, if you get a toy or you get a gift, after about three hours, you realize it's pretty much the same thing you already had. You just wanted a new version, right? And they're willing to sell their soul to get the new version. How's that for selfishness? You'll, you'll get app, Apple products. Do you know why Apple is so big? Because they keep giving you a brand-new phone, updated phone that only has usually one or two things that are, that are upgraded that's not even worth having, and people will sell their soul, stand in line for 20 hours, to be first in line to get a new cell phone that only does what their phone already does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Help us, Jesus. Right? We're and, messed up. And they just, ah, uh, so, and then we call God selfish when it's like we literally, we sell our soul to do what we want to do, but God's selfish because he requires holiness from us. And uh, the Westminster Catechism summarizes humanity's purpose as this, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. John Piper has often said, we are most satisfied when God is most glorified. And so submitting to God and uh, 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 submitting to and glorifying God benefits us immeasurably, and we find the purpose in which we were created. So if we don't land on God, we are the selfish ones because we want everything our way when we want it. Mm-hmm. And we call him what we are. The one word that jumped out at me in the catechism thing there was the word joy, uh, or was it? Uh, to glorify God and enjoy, enjoy him. him. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy him. him forever in the catechism there. Yeah. And that was the thing that I think really overwhelmed me that the first month in faith, you know, just that first month, everything is new. And, I, you know, I always felt like I ought to go to church. Then I got saved. And now you knew you had to go to church. I want to go to yeah. church. Yeah. I, my favorite place to go. You know, we were on vacation somewhere and oh, I'm not going to go to church. Yeah. I'm going to go to church. I get to visit a new church and man, I've been in churches and, and we were in a church in Jamaica. They all, they all, everybody, uh, the attendants had white <laughs> gloves on. We were the only white people there. I'm telling you, they treated my wife and I and my son, like we were the, right most awesome people in the world and my son said he was like 14 he goes dad he goes these people love us this whole racism thing just goes away right and um 
we're in church, we're right. a, a different culture, and they find out I was a preacher. Oh my goodness, they that made know, it even more. They thought I was one of the yeah. apostles coming, you know, and they were just so <laughs> gracious. And church, right. oh my goodness, church yeah. is just where it's at. Right. But before that enlightenment, you know, you, know, you ought to go to church or God will be mad at you. Right. It's like, what do you, yeah. oh, just completely missing it. Yeah, we, we when I got saved, uh, Sherry and I, we never missed church. And and we never missed a church event. Man. And then people. Yeah, they used to have food at the event. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> and, and, but our, our family, uh, and others would say, uh, oh, you'd rather be at church than with us. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> not because we don't love you. Why you come to church with me and get both, right. double up. And, and it's not because we didn't love them. It's just that we love God more. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and when you realize who God really is, you cannot get enough of him. Yeah. And the neat thing is when you, the more of God we get, the more we have to give to others. Yes. And it's just, it's just dark and light. Yeah. Uh, so there was a question asked, uh, but wouldn't it be more generous and less selfish of God to give people happiness, whether or not they want a relationship with him, give them happiness, regardless of what they think of him. Hey, you hate my guts. How about I give you 50 bucks, man? (laughs) (laughs) Johnny, you're dumb, you're ugly, your mother dresses you fun, but can I borrow your car? Yeah. Would you fill the Man, here's sure the, the tank is filled yeah. with gas before I pick it oh, up? Oh, dude, here's <laughs> money for dinner. Yeah, and buy me dinner. Please. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I want to be happy. And if you weren't selfish, you'd make me happy. Yeah. So it's and, on the, you. and how crazy is that, right? Well, C.S. Lewis actually answers this question. And he did it well. And he said, God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There's no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because, there, uh, because it is not there. There is no such thing. His purpose to know him, to love him, to serve him. God made be, us to run on him. To run on him. Like a car runs on petrol. Dude, I love C.S. Lewis, man. As many as received him, to them he gave petrol, that they may become <laughs> the sons of God. Right? Just change one word, baby. But that, that word power in the, mm-hmm. in the King James, authority, power. Yeah. He's the petrol that drives our, our motor. And, uh, and And if he's not, then God's not your God, mm-hmm. which means you're not going to heaven. All you got's religion. Religion doesn't put the petrol in your tank. <laughs> religion does not put it. It doesn't, man. It doesn't. Religion keeps you moving and keeps you distracted from the real God. Religion will wear you out, but the gospel will fire you up. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm just telling you, it, it, there's a... To blame God for being selfish and, and you know, because by nature, we really don't want to submit to God. We, we don't. But by nature, we want to maintain, maintain control and we want to be gods unto ourselves, right? And people will blame God for trying to take away their rights, trying to take away their happiness, trying to take away, you know, like all this stuff. And God's like, no, you don't understand. It, it, before Jesus, 
I looked over my shoulder all the time because my <laughs> amen and amen right because there's a cop man <laughs> yeah or or there's or there's someone that that i yeah yeah i didn't treat well wasn't a great deal we did, pulled off last time and they don't like it and keep your eye on those people right or uh i'm setting them up so i'm always looking either way it was horrible then i get to know jesus and all of that went away I was no longer looking over my shoulder. I was now looking up to see Jesus. And the stress and the scheming and conniving and manipulating, all that went, went away. away. Yeah. I had that exact experience about two weeks after I was saved. I'm driving down the road. The girl who brought me to church, uh, her name was Jeannie. She's in the car. And I said, like I had said a thousand times before the previous couple of years, be cool, there's a cop, be cool. And she said, so what? <laughs> and she goes, what are you doing? So what? There's a cop. You're not speeding. You got no, you don't have a pound of dope in the glove box. You know, right. you're not drunk. You're cool. You're, you're safe. And it was uh, like a freedom that you're came. safe. Yeah. Because you're in the arms of Jesus. And instead of like, Oh, be cool. There's a cop. I'm like, Hey officer, have a great day. You know, it's like, right. he's my friend now. He's yeah. for the punishment of evildoers, you know, correctional officers and the praise of those that do well. And Hey, God bless you officer. Mm -hmm. I love the blue. Um, I pray for your safety and, and, and pray for your wisdom. You know, we, we went on the uh, Turkey trot in Troy and every cop, there were cops everywhere. <clears throat> And everyone that I passed, I walked up to, shook their hand, and said, thank you so much for your service and protecting our community. And uh, I hope you have a, a happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. Be safe. Amen. Every, amen. Now, before <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dude, before Jesus, I would have been, uh, been in with the crowd so nobody would notice me because typically I'm going to do something that I shouldn't do. Isn't it amazing the radical difference between belief and unbelief, yeah. between faith in God, the true God, or being uh, under the oppression of our, our, our previous fathers. Right. Satan. And Satan makes you feel like you're free in a sense when you're just being crazy you're and hooked on drugs. And really it was, it turns out to be bondage. And then God really, you know, the truth and the truth sets you free. It's just what uh, a darkness says to the light. That's well, what this question is, and here's the thing, you know, people were like, Oh God's selfish. God's this, God's that. And meanwhile, they're destroying their marriage. They're destroying relationships because they're focused on them and they want what they want and at any cost and, and I'll go in debt to stay satisfied at the sacrifice of my family. Instead, when I love Jesus, my family is first and foremost, not me and everyone is better off for it. And so God to call God selfish, um, is insane because God just gives us freedom and God gives us, um, rest and God gives us joy and God, like God gives us all this stuff that we need. He says, listen, uh, um, I, I gave you life that you could, that, uh, or I gave you all these things that you could enjoy life abundantly or yeah, what was that verse? I um, you eternal life and now life more abundantly. Right. You know, I, I think we can see this in our family. I tell my kids, you know, when they're growing up, everything that I have is yours. Mm -hmm. 
I put a roof over your head. I buy your food. I pay your insurance. I pay your utilities. Everything I have is yours. Yeah, it's very unselfish. And when when I'm and I'm paying the bills, they're your bills. You got to eat. You got to be insured. You got to wear clothes. Everything I spend is on you. And the kids, you know, they never thought about that. Right. Right. And then they realize that boy, my parents aren't selfish. They all this, you know, and they make the mortgage payment. That's right. for me. When right. They, when they make the car right. payment, right. it's for me. Right. And then, and, you know, and if you, if you're, if the, if your children love you, what do they do? They become obedient yeah, because they love you and realize that you're not there, uh, for your own benefit. You're there for theirs. And I remember as they begin to comprehend us at age 12, 13, 14, they started showing an appreciation mm-hmm. instead of demanding, right. I want this, I need that. Right. Why won't you? And it's like, wow. And I, I, I was so thrilled to hear my daughter say that to their niece. Our, our parents aren't strict. Mm-hmm. Our parents just love Jesus. Wow. And I remember my niece just being, she didn't know what to say. Yeah, because she was thinking that when your children got there, that she was going to have to teach them life because you kept them in a closet and yeah, you abused yeah. them. And, and you were so unfair yeah. not letting them experience the world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my girls made it very clear that um, yeah. they, uh, they're they very much right. at peace in, in their home with their parents. You know, and the truth is... Um, because God is perfect and he's righteous and he's holy and he offers us all these things. He offers us deliverance. He, everything he does, he does for our good. And especially to them who know him. Mm -hmm. Right. And the truth is God would have been in his, uh, uh, absolute in his right to let us go our own destructive, disastrous way. God could have let us do that. But instead, he says, you know, because he's such a selfish God, that he gives his son, Jesus Christ, gives. The most unselfish act in the universe was done by God. To die for us so that we could have life. Which satisfied, it took the death of his son to satisfy his holiness. Yeah. Yeah, and so and to satisfy the debt of our sin. Yep. Yes, sir. And so to call God selfish is probably the most ridiculous thing that someone could say, and the most evident thing that someone can say that uh, that proves that they're not of God. Yeah. Uh, and I just come back to that little phrase because I, I've, I've heard this hundreds of times in my forty-four years in ministry. It's just what darkness says to the light. They until they see the light, they'll feel that way. Right. And uh, I've heard people that lost a loved one say, "Like, well, God is selfish. He took my loved one." And I'm thinking, "Man, your loved one was 83 years old. <laughs> That's <laughs> love. God's God, and He took him to heaven, and they have everlasting life. They're not going to be in a sick body anymore. And that you think God is selfish? Maybe you're being selfish, right? You know? Well, you know, when my mom was in the hospital, she was. Uh, we found out all the the issues that were going on that was brought on by the doctors, and my prayer was uh, because my mom uh, uh, gave her life to Jesus. And so I remember standing in a room that day and my prayer was, God, if she is not going to have a life, uh, an adequate life, right? Because we don't want, uh, you know, did I want my, uh, did I want my mom to live being bound? 
No. And you know, cause my mom didn't want that, man. My mom was, my mom was, uh, you know, she was just a fun lady that, so I remember saying, Lord, um, take her. If, if she's not, if, if she's not going to have the life, uh, uh, that will allow her some freedoms, take her. Yeah. Suffer here, dance there. Huh? Yeah. Take her to the dance, Lord Jesus. Yeah. And then two weeks later he took her. Yeah. And, and so, uh, God was so unselfish that he answered my prayer, which was one of the hardest prayers I've ever prayed. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I, uh, not only is my mom not suffering anymore, I get to see her again. All this from the hands of a selfish God. Yeah. Next time you see her, she'll be completely healthy. and Absolutely. She won't have to scold you so much, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I hey, can't guys. Wait, can't wait to meet her. Oh, she's... Isn't that neat? I'm going to meet her, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, she's... Of, I got some stories to tell her about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be going like, yeah. Yeah, that's Johnny. That's, that's Johnny. my Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, guys, listen, let me help you out here. God is not selfish. As a matter of fact, it is God's selflessness that allows us to be forgiven. It is, absolutely. And so the fact that God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That does not come from a selfish God. That comes from a selfless God who desires a relationship with us, who wants us, and who wants the best for us, which is contrary to Satan. And if you don't know Jesus, Satan is your father. And that would explain the self, uh, the selfishness of those people. Hey guys, I hope that this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless. 